As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Patriots Talk Podcast. Today, we're going to hit on this matchup with the Buffalo Bills, 3-0 v. 3-0 in the AFC East, and also look at some of the history the Patriots are on the cusp of the verge of the threshold of making defensively. The Senator, Phil Perry, alongside. Let's get after it. All right, everybody, before we get to the pod, I want to encourage you to do something that's actually a lot of fun and you can make yourself some money. This is not gambling, ladies and gentlemen. This is a game in which you don't have to put down one penny, but you can make plenty of cash. It's called Sunday Night 7, and it's on the NBC Sports Predictor app. Okay, it's totally free to play. Like I said, has two million in guaranteed cash prizes all season long, a hundred thousand up for grabs every week. You're simply going to make seven predictions. I did it yesterday. You're going to make predictions about how many touchdowns Dak Prescott will uh, throw for, uh, what the final uh, margin of victory will be in the game. Uh, what else was there, Phil? Yards rushing for Ezekiel Elliott versus Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Yeah. Who scores first? I had Michael Thomas I took. All that. So it's fun. And it is obviously, as I said, financially risk-free on nothing but upside. So download the NBC Sports Predictor app or do me this solid. Head to the NBCSports.com slash predictor page and you can make your Sunday Night 7 picks. When we send this out, I'll make sure to put a link on this mess as well. So Philly Phil... Good to have you. Yeah, great to be here. That thing's a lot of fun, by the way, and it's very easy. I was like stunned. it takes it, you could you could spend three hours on it if you wanted to do a lot of research because it's not just Sunday like night football. You're right? making you're making tremendous picks. Uh, you did it for not just Sunday night football. You also did it for oh, some of the NBC yes. properties as well. Well, yeah, I'm a big um, uh, Premier League guy, so there are some Premier League uh, games you can play on that same predictor page. There, also a big NASCAR guy. Little known fact. Uh, and so you can do some NASCAR predictions on there as well for our NASCAR friends out there in the podcasting world. So for any of you devotees who like money, and I like money, mm. that's a quick Mr. Krabs for those of you out there who understand SpongeBob and it was right in your wheelhouse. That's not me, but I think we have a lot of those. I like money. Um, then you can get on there the you go. You did it again. predictor app. There it was. It was a really good Mr. Krabs. That's why I wanted to revisit two it. Two times. Two times. Tommy, two times. Phil... We've seen this movie before, speaking of two times. Many times we've seen the Patriots hustle up to Buffalo and go into a city. Can we stop throwing change under the door? Open the door. very odd. You like money. I know. Oh, Matt, wow. Matt so from Mass us, Live heard, heard me say, say we I like, like money. money. And he threw two quarters at the door. We're trying to do a damn podcast in our oh, office here God. at Gillette. For crochet. That was the door slamming shut. Uh, that had to happen. We've seen this movie before where... 
the Patriots go to Western New York. Buffalo fans are just dressed to the nines, launching sex toys and ready to have an incredible day. And the next thing you know, they're, they're deflated and flaccid by game's end. However, this week, I see a defensive struggle in the offing. I agree with you there. And uh, listen, the Patriots have had issues before offensively up in Buffalo. This wouldn't be the first time if it does happen up there, Tom, because uh, if you just look at the Bills since Sean McDermott took over, and he's now in the third year of running his program up there in Buffalo, uh, Tom Brady has been very below average as far as he's concerned. Very below Brady-esque. Very below Brady-esque. Overall, in the four games he's played against Sean McDermott's Bills, Three touchdowns, four picks, quarterback rating of 84 and a half. That's not what we would come to expect from right. Tom Brady, especially in recent years. Uh, and in Buffalo, in Buffalo, zero touchdowns the last two years, uh, one pick. And uh, the Bills do an interesting thing, Tom, where they don't usually like to blitz Tom Brady, and they have a lot of very good success by not blitzing Tom Brady. And the last time they played, they actually blitzed him on almost half of his dropbacks, and they had a lot of success doing that. So they've thrown some different things at him uh, depending on the year, depending on the, the day, and uh, it's it's given the Patriots problems. It was interesting to hear Brady talk earlier this week and throughout the week about how much the Patriots are going to be challenged. He certainly talked about it uh Wednesday, when we had our press conference with him, we talked about it earlier in the week. When you look at the way the Patriots closed Sunday's game against the Jets, and yes, I understand that it was en route to being an unmitigated blowout, but they also had a period of time where they they were still trying to move the ball, and it was five plays and out, five plays and out, five plays and out. There were eight total punts for Jake Bailey in that game. Um, the Patriots are still well over 52% third down conversions. Amazingly, they're at allowing about 12% third down conversions. The best teams in football are annually about 30%. So the Patriots are more than twice what you would expect. And that can't go on. But when we look at what the Patriots are going to be able to do offensively, Phil, who do you see as being their... What's the guy? Yeah, well, it's... What's the plan? James Devlin's out. For the foreseeable future. Yeah, so he's not the go-to guy. Are you going to pound the ball with these guys, or are you going to try and throw the thing? I'm actually going to probably pound it and, and try to use that short to intermediate passing game that they always try to use. So uh, guys like Julian Edelman and James White, I would think, have the potential to have big games. Uh, Julian Edelman especially. Again, just looking back at the McDermott Bills, uh, he obviously didn't play at all in 2017. But last year in two games, 15 catches for 174 yards and a touchdown. This is a team that plays a lot of zone, the Bills do. And Julian Edelman is the human zone beater for Mm -hmm. the Patriots. Nobody understands better how to sit down in the soft spot in the secondary. Nobody understands what Tom Brady's going to be looking for against those types of looks better than Julian Edelman. And in zone, you don't just stick one guy, their best guy, on Julian Edelman and say try to stop him. Uh, and so he ends up working on a lot of linebackers, slot corners, outside corners, and he does a pretty good job against all of them. So I would try to use Julian Edelman. I would try to use James White, who obviously wasn't part of the game plan last week. And I would try to use Sony Michelle. If ever there was a week to get the running game going, it would be this week. Because as good as the Bills' defense is, they're much better against the pass than they are against the run. 
In terms of DVOA, for anybody that likes football outsiders out there, they are the 21st run defense through three weeks this year. They're 19th in the league in terms of yards per carry allowed. They're averaging almost four and a half yards per carry allowed. And they just lost one of their best defensive interior linemen, maybe their their best defensive interior lineman in Harrison Phillips to a torn ACL. So this would be the group to try to to run it down their throats, especially after what they did late last season, Tom. We remember those two games, yep. end of the regular season, Jets and Bills. They they dominated with the run game, 275 yards on four, uh, 45 carries, six yards per attempt last and year. And it's important, too, to, to keep in mind who has run the football against them. Le'Veon Bell, first week. And then uh, the second week, uh, Saquon Barkley, before he got injured? He, no, he got injured last week. So they did see a couple of good backs last week. They took care of business at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. That was their first home game. Um, so that is, especially early in the season, germane to who you're going against. But it, you would be hard-pressed to say the Patriots are the kind of running game that, at this juncture, is going to make teams stand up and go, oh, my God, how are we going to stop these guys? There's plenty of film that makes this Patriots offense right now look stoppable when you're lining up with Sony Michelle in the backfield. Uh, totally. And I would say that if they can't get it going this week, then you really do have to start considering for at least a stretch until your personnel changes significantly. Maybe you get Isaiah Wynn back. Maybe you get a tight end at some point who can block, and that would help you run a game. But if you can't run it against the Bills this week, I'm not saying you totally abandon it, but you stop trying as hard as they've been trying because right. they're they're among the league leaders in first down rushing attempts. And it, even though it hasn't been productive, they're still trying to do it. So they're, the, the want to is there. And I would expect that the want to will continue to be there this weekend. The question is... If it still sucks, do you just eventually turn away from it the way they turned away from the passing game a little bit late last year and went with the run? I mean, it's the same principle. we got to do what we're good at. Right, and that's, to Josh McDaniel's credit, it's the type of thing we've got we to stack wins, okay? We're not out here trying to prove points. We're 20 years in here. Um, we're not playing tougher than now. Guys are on, the, on board. We don't have uh, a philosophical need to bang into guys' heads what we're all about. So we're going to do what we need to, and we'll tune up the running game as we can. Now, Benjamin Watson could assist in there. Matt Lacoste, of course, didn't play last week. Rob Gronkowski and Dwayne Allen, as you may have read and heard, are not playing for the Patriots this year. Marshall Newhouse and who's our other guy? Damn, Phil. Corey Cunningham? Corey Cunningham. Um, but he, was, he didn't play last week. But Marshall Newhouse um, has missed two days of practice. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday. He was not spotted out there to start Thursday's practice. We're taping this on Thursday afternoon. And James Devlin's out in the mix. I don't blame Sony Michelle for the results we're seeing on the field. I really don't. I just I, I rarely think it's I rarely think that it's the running back's fault solely. Just as when Tom Brady sucks, I'm at a point where I never blame Tom Brady. It's either the receivers <laughs> or the protection. I never, Wait, ever blame Tom Wait, hold on, though. Brady. We blamed him last year when he was bailing out of throws and he was just plain inaccurate and he was trying to get away from pressure that wasn't there, we did. we? We did blame him, but then after I huddled up with him in the locker room, he kind of gave me the, what am I supposed to do look? Um, I, I did get the vibe of he's got nobody to, to really pound it to because Gronk wasn't Gronk yet. Right. And But we did. We hammered him. You're right. Um, that was probably the first time. Usually I'm like, hey, what's he supposed to do? Hey, it's Brady. Hey, who hey, And I agree with you. I agree with you on Sony Michelle, where I don't blame him when the runs don't go well, because when you watch and you watch closely what happens on some of these, Ryan Izzo gets blown up for a block and he's five yards behind the line of scrimmage and his guy ends up making the play. What is Sony Michelle supposed to 
really do about that. Vaporize. Or Joe Tooney and Shaq Mason get blown off the ball in the same play. Those are maybe your two best offensive linemen, and the play gets ruined because they can't get any push off the line of scrimmage. Uh, there was one fascinating play, I thought, uh, during the Jets game where Brady motioned Julian Edelman from the slot on the right side to the slot on the left side, which changed the blocking assignments, which forced Philip Dorsett to have to come a long way to try to block the slot corner. He never got there. The slot corner comes up and tackles Sony Michelle for no gain, basically because Brady made a an adjustment at the start of the play. Was it all on Brady? Was he doing that because if he didn't do that, the play was going to go for negative five because mm-hmm. Edelman wasn't going to be ba- blocking somebody on the backside? Maybe. Uh, but those are the kinds of things that Sony Michelle has no control over. I will say this, though. Rex Burkhead's averaging almost five yards a carry right now. Thank God for Rex Burkhead, and, and I never Sony thought i Michelle I'd, is not close to that. I never thought I'd utter those five words. <laughs> I mean, it's thank God for Rex Burkhead. Almost 4.7 yards per carry so far. And to me, it's not the same extreme as Deion Lewis and LeGarrette Blunt were in, say, 2015-ish. In terms of versatility? In terms of their skill sets. Yep. But we're kind of looking like we're we're trending that way in that Rex Burkhead is the guy who, when a defensive tackle immediately off the ball gets two yards into the backfield, he can make that guy miss and still turn it into a three-yard game. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle is not making that guy miss. Not yet. And I think they're I, just not the same level. They're quickness. not because he's downhill. It's interesting. He's much more downhill. So you're going to run into mess Definitely. a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Dion Lewis being a perfect example of a stop start runner. Right. And so Rex Burke is not quite there. No, but, but he's, he's closer to that where and Sony is much closer to LeGarrette Blunt than he is to Dion Lewis, in my opinion. Rex Burkhead has as much lateral <laughs> quickness as Dion Lewis. It's the acceleration and elusiveness and, you know, just. Dion Lewis had some power too. He was yeah. he would run over. Guys. I mean, that's so impressive. That was part of the reason this team was uh, very reluctant on him is because his thighs were so big, so insanely large compared to his build. They were concerned about. This is true. I know. I'm. I'm they just picturing. Con- <laughs> you make it sound like he had like, you know, rhinoceros legs on like a little like. Uh, Mouse body. No, well, the rhinoceros <laughs> so like, insanely big. It was just they were so impossibly <laughs> he could, large. He could hardly. And walk. then he had human-sized <laughs> knees, right. and that was the thing: is they look okay. He's just going to keep exerting so much force on those tiny little knees that they're going to explode. They're going to vaporize. And this is a second vaporize for me. They're just going to puff, go up like one of those mushrooms you step on in the People woods. People say the same thing about me. Just you know, my knees just can't handle all the power that I'm packing in my my. My wife has looked at my legs and said that any woman would love to have your legs. <laughs> you know that's that could have gone a lot of different directions, but that was that might have been the funniest one. You've noticed, to. yeah, them. Before. No, I haven't. I have no, the slenderest, like slenderest of legs. Well, well nothing you know, do about it. Helps you when you're playing hoop. Yeah, got to be skinny be ankles, wide. high skinny ankles, high calves. That means right. you're explosive as an athlete. But I'm not that explosive. You know, Brady had a 24 inch vertical jump. It's really bad. Did you read the Bob McGinn story in the Athletic? I did. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, love that guy. He's great. Yep. Uh, side sidetracked. Um, is the Patriots offense going to be better in 2019 than it was in 2018? And again, this is we're pinning the the needle back and forth every friggin' week here. I spent the off season saying how desperately not awesome they were going to be. I felt that way even as things unfolded against Pittsburgh that they were a little undermanned. And then Antonio Brown showed up. And we spent a week talking about how they were better than the 07 Patriots. 
And now we're back to saying, might this be the worst offense that we've seen in the recorded history of American <laughs> football? So here's what I would say, because I, I, I feel like I'm going to answer that question too quickly. But how much different is this offense? How is this offense better, I guess, is the simple question. Where's the spot? Because if you look at the offensive line, you're, you've replaced, uh, for now at least, Trent Brown with Marshall Newhouse, and you've replaced David Andrews with Ted Karras, and you've replaced Rob Gronkowski with Ryan Izzo. And, and you James don't, Devlin and you don't with... have – and James Devlin with Jakob Johnson and nobody with – you know, for Dwayne Allen. Other than Josh Gordon – being a better player, in a better player, I think, and in a better frame of mind, and maybe more reliable in some ways. How have you improved? You've replaced Chris Hogan with Jacoby Myers. I know that's what I'm saying. Uh, Cordero Patterson with Nikhil Harry, I suppose. I guess, and he's not there. Cordero Patterson at least could take a jet sweep seven yards for you every so. Well, often. you don't know if Nikhil Harry can or can't. Well, he can't for eight weeks. No, he can't for eight weeks. No. So I think. La- like almost no matter where you pull last year's offense, obviously the offense was much different post buy than it was pre buy, and it was even more different postseason than it was post buy. I would take any of those offenses over what they have right now, to be honest with you. Do the Patriots need to bring in a free agent if you had to put a pecking order on it, whether it be wide receiver, a tight end, um, fullback? What, do they need someone? I'm surprised they haven't found a blocking tight end somewhere on the street just to help secure the edge a little bit better. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious when they run some of these outside zone plays where, you know, we got really used to seeing those getting ready for the Super Bowl last year with the Rams. The Niners run those a ton. We know the offenses that like to do that sort of stuff. The Patriots tried that quite a bit last week, and could never block the edge because Ryan Izzo is having trouble moving people. How have they not found a, a Matt Lengel type or, you know, like a, a street free agent, I would think, is somewhere out there who can who can block a little bit better than Ryan Izzo. Maybe they don't give you the hands, I guess, that Ryan Izzo might have, but he's not a real factor in your passing game right now. So... That, that does surprise me, that they haven't done anything at that position. What, stick with that, and then I'll, let's also discuss while we can. What's, and can I just say one other thing, is too? Is Des Bryant want broken to, at the moment? Because I'm looking at wide receivers. I think he is broken still. Um, I don't know that for sure. Can I ask you, though? Yeah. Um, because you watched a lot of training camp with me. You have seen this player for a long time now, and he's now into his late 30s. But do you feel like when Ben Watson comes back after week four, after his suspension? Make a difference. I do. As a blocker? Look, he used to bench, bench. Phil, I know he's very strong. Bench. I just did not see him really exerting himself in that fashion it's in funny. training camp. Okay, I thought I saw him, and I maybe I just caught him on the right plays. But I looked and said, "Jesus, thirty-five or whatever, thirty-seven, still moving people." And he's he's interested in whacking into people in a preseason well, good. game. Well, good. They need it. Uh, how about Fat maybe Kelvin that's Benjamin? What they're waiting for De- broken Des Bryant, Fat Kelvin Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to Walter Football anytime I need my uh, stuff. Can you get Jordy Nelson or Doug Baldwin out of retirement? Uh, Bruce Ellington's still out of work. Pierre Garçon, still out of work. Mo Harris, is he not working? Um, Martavis Bryant, that could be an issue. 
Okay. So there's some names. You wanted names? Darius Hayward Bay. Out of work. I think unless you're going to get a real, like, borderline number two receiver, it's almost not worth it. Because any of those guys right now, I'm not sure they're giving you much more than... Uh, Jordy Nelson I kind of perk up at just because I've always liked Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. And it feels like he might work here. You have no idea if it actually will or not. But most of those guys I'm not sure would give you much more than somebody like Jacoby Myers is giving you right now. If you can go and trade for Emmanuel Sanders, hell yeah, go do it. Ten times out of ten, I would send a... I don't even know what his contract looks like he, right now, to be honest with yeah, you, but I might trade he's a in the last pick year, for him just fat. for... But they got the Josh Doxons and the who are those guys? Laquan Treadwell. Uh, he landed somewhere. They're Josh both Do- in Minnesota. Doxon is in Minnesota, and Treadwell went back to Minnesota recently because they're having real receiver issues there. He it's tough. It's back. tough that Demarius Thomas is not here. It's the you know he probably should have been pupped. Hindsight being twenty, all things being equal, you should have pupped his ass. Still have. You just didn't know how things were going to go. Get him. He wouldn't be taking up a seven. roster spot. Yeah. Maybe I, again, I, I'm I'll be I'll be really intrigued to see what he does with the Jets, and maybe it won't be anything because it's the Jets, and he and Sam Darnold won't be get be able to get on the same page. I was never convinced. I know Brady liked him a lot, and I know he was working hard, and I know he was he was getting things and starting to pick things up. It's going to take a lot for a guy who's into his 30s, coming off an Achilles tear and a new offense with a new team to contribute much more than, say, a number four receiver would. Mm. I mean, you look at what he did even last year in Houston before his injury. He was he was fine, but it was three catches, 35 yards a game, and he was their number two option. In New England here, he was going to be, like, behind Philip Dorsett. Sure. Maybe. So he'd be the fourth receiver, and, and then you include the running backs. He's, like, the seventh target in the well, passing game. Yes, but... There will be games and would be times where I think that he would be more valuable than Philip Dorsett on a particular route in a particular situation. Again, Philip Dorsett has spidey hands, and he is where he's supposed to be. He doesn't get any yak. He doesn't get any uh, you know, explosive plays down the field unless everybody lays down and starts looking at the stars. But he still makes things happen. So how are the Patriots going to win? We just belabored the point that they're screwed offensively. How are they going to win? Well, let me do this for you folks. These are the rankings of the Patriots across uh, the NFL defensively. Total yards per game, they're allowing 199. That's first. Per play, 3.53. That's first. Rushing yards, 36.7 per game. That's first. 2.29 per carry. That's first. Passing yards, 162.3. That's first. Passing yards per play, 4.51. First, interception rate. They're picking off one, uh, they're picking off 5.56% of all passes. That's, uh, this is Aaron Salkin, Patriots Media Relations. You can identify him by his knock. Locker room is open, but we're going to belabor the point here just a minute. They are sacking teams, 12.04% of all dropbacks. That's second in the NFL. First downs per game, they're only allowing 10. That's first in the NFL. Punting. I'm going to do the punting. Third down percentage, 12.82%. Third down conversions, that's first. Fourth down, well, they suck on fourth down. 37.5% of the fourth down conversions, that's 13th. Red zone, they they haven't allowed a red zone touchdown. 0.00, goal to go, 0.00. Points per game, 5.7. Point differential, 29.7. And yards per game, 209.3 to the good. 
Really good. They ain't going to friggin' lose for a long time, regardless of whether or not Demarius Thomas is picking his ass in uh, Greenwich Village. Because of the defense. And I'm with you. And that'll be the case again this week. If the Bills score, I, I can't see them scoring more than 10 points. The Patriots might only score 17. And that, I think, is going to be what the game looks like. Mm-hmm. But that's just where they are defensively right now. I think, I think Josh Allen does pose some interesting challenges that the Patriots have yet to see this year. I mean, that Jets game, you're seeing a quarterback who shouldn't be starting in the NFL. Yep. With a, an offensive line that has a lot of new pieces and doesn't know what it's doing right now. Um, but this week, you're going to see a big, strong kid who's hard to tackle, who makes some bad decisions, is is more accurate, seemingly, this year than he was last year. Pro Football Focus has him as sixth in their adjusted accuracy um, stat, which means they take drops out of the mix. They take a couple you know, batted, passes that are bad at the line of scrimmage out of the mix aimed passes that he's trying to complete, he hits his target over 80% of the time. That's mm. not the Josh Allen we knew coming out of Wyoming. That was right. that was the last thing he was good at. Now it looks like he uses his mobility and his strength in the pocket a little bit too much almost, and he's breaking free from things, and he's trying to extend plays, and then he's making horrible decisions once he's extended plays. So the Patriots always want to keep mobile quarterbacks in the pocket, and I don't think that will change this week. But when he's made his mistakes, it's been when he's trying to do a little bit too much. So that's that's one uh, challenge that that uh, Josh Allen poses that they haven't really seen. And even just the designed runs that they can do with Josh Allen, some of the read option stuff, that's stuff they haven't really seen yet. Um, and so I'll be fascinated to see how this goes. But I think, Tom, part of the reason, this gets back to a lot of what we talked about before the season started, when you see the Patriots change defensive plans the way they have this year, where they have all these outside linebackers now and they have all these great athletes at the second level, I think part of that, part of the thinking behind that was probably uh, it turns out that the quarterback position in 2019, you're seeing a pretty damn good athlete almost every week. Mm-hmm. And if you want to keep that guy in the pocket, that's great. But they are inevitably going to get outside the pocket. And Patrick Mahomes is probably at the top of the list in terms of reasons why you would do this. So let's flood the field with better athletes. And when that guy does get out of the pocket, we have people who can chase him around. It's nice to have big, strong defensive ends that weighs 270 pounds. But if we can get a bunch of guys that are 250 and can set the edge pretty well and rush the passer really well, then we're going to be better off for it. So I think this is a game where that approach in terms of team building might benefit them against this particular quarterback. Good. Well, there, folks, if you don't think you're up to date on what's going to happen with the Patriots and the uh, Bills, then go someplace else because we did all we could. Uh, we're going to do something real fun right now, too, before we wrap it up and let Phil get into the locker room for Thursday access. Um, we got some matchups here, okay? I'm going to give you the, uh, the point spread on the game just as an indicator of how Vegas sees it, but... You know, this isn't a gambling program by any stretch of the imagination, nor is Super 7, as I mentioned, where you can go to the NBCSports.com predictor page and make your play. There, make there's no money. money involved, just straight money. But well, you make your I money. I like money. Yeah, you make your um, money. But listen you to me. Put First up game up, Thursday night, I'm going to get you on the record before kickoff. Green Bay Packers hosting the Eagles. Pack minus four and a half. Too many points. Give me the Eagles. I'm with you. Packers offense has been dreadful. It's uh, sort of flying under the radar because their defense has been great. Panthers, Texans, not a sexy enough game to even ask you what you care about. 
Browns Ravens. Ravens minus seven at home. Your total in this game. Your total. I call it totals. I don't call it over under. Is that weird? I like to call it the total. Is that fine? That's fine. Forty five is the total. Uh, I I think this Ooh. is a Browns and under. All day. You trust, you believe in the Browns more than I, just I do. Hate, I hate Freddie Kitchens. I think he's overmatched. I hate him as a coach. I don't hate him as an individual. I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, but I would also bury, okay, there, there's three upset specials right in a row, if you ask me. I think the sharp pick uh, with the Ravens is to take the Ravens. I think that's sharp. I think people still give the Browns a lot of credit for being a star-laden club. You look at that, it's a division game, seven points, too many points. I don't think so. I think the Ravens are going to roll easy in that game. Two 0-1 Lions, surprisingly, trying to keep Matt Patricia on the job as long as possible and make me wear the dunce cap. Mm-hmm. Um, seven points at home. They are the dog, home doggy, against the Chefs. I think the Chefs could at some point just peter out a little bit, but we've never. Pat Mahomes has never played indoors. Do you know that? This is his first indoor game. Isn't that kind of scary if you're the Lions? Yeah. I feel like they may score 55 points. But total is 55, Phil. The <laughs> well, total I is think, 55. I think so that's the Lions' defense has been, in their secondary, has been really good. Okay. So and you're going to take that upset so special? I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. To win outright? No. Okay. Stop it. Next, I am going to take an upset special on the Dolphins at home over the Chargers. Why would you do that? I don't know, because you, you have to go big or go home. 15 points? Yeah, that's not a bad bet, but I'm going to take the money line, too. Money line's plus 650. Bet that every week, guys, if you uh, actually want to put Give me the Chargers there. Down. I think, I think uh, the, the Dolphins are going to lose by 20 every week. We got another home dog, and that's the Buffalo Bills getting 7.5 at home. I still don't think that's enough. I'm supposed pace, to save this pick for the football fix Fridays at 6. You know that, right? But they're independent audiences, people who watch the football thing. Yeah, you're Listen right. Listen to me. You're right. As I always do when I'm thinking of a team with a good defense that I know well, and that's the Patriots, I, I think how many points is Buffalo going to score? And I think that they're going to score between 6 and 10. But I still don't know if the Patriots score more than 17. So it's it's I think Buffalo could cover. I think they definitely could cover, but I'm leaning more – toward the six end on the Buffalo side, and I think the Patriots are going to be, man, are they only going to score 13 points? That total is way too high, 42. Oh, yeah, you're going to go under on that. People, people I think I'm going to take the Patriots. I Patriots, think it's going to be a 17-6 By the end game. of the year, the Patriots are going to have totals around 35, like old 1990 uh, Philadelphia Eagles totals. They had to used to be some amazing totals. Are we almost done with this? Yeah, we're going to wrap this up. We just did a bunch Any of Any other sexy games? Uh, I believe in miracles. Where from? You sexy game. Uh, Cowboy Saints, that's your Sunday oh, night yeah, game. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You can do this on the Super 7 if you want to make a release right now, though, Phil. What's the uh, line? Uh, mine, uh, excuse me, Saints are plus three at home. Why? All right. I'm Back taking the Saints at home. Yeah, you're right. Saints at home. I'm taking them plus three. It's going to be raucous. I'm going to take the Cowboys. All right, Sorry. everybody. This is your Thursday podcast, Patriots Talk podcast. Wrapping it up, wrapping it up, wrapping it up. See you next week. All right, so there you have it, Matt Castle. Just another tremendous visit from our friends. And uh, as I said, pregame live, postgame live uh, on Sunday. Phil Perry will be out there on the road checking out Bill's Mafia. So join us for that. 
And of course, throughout the week, we got Patriots Wednesday coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Phil's got football fix. Uh, we're going to have all the coverage that you need on NBCSportsBoston.com. Subscribe if you haven't already. Or, and or, please, put a review up here for us, will you? Okay? Enjoyed it. Enjoy yourselves. Talk to you soon.